What are some of the most common misconceptions that veterans have about attorney's fees and hiring an attorney to help with their VA disability claim? Well, I think there are a couple that are really important to talk about. One is that it's too expensive to hire an attorney. Lots of folks who have not dealt with attorneys are put off by the notion that they're going to have to pay lots and lots of money up front or pay by the hour and feel that they can't afford to have an attorney. That's probably the biggest misconception. Another misconception that's still out there is that veterans are not allowed to have an attorney represent them. Welcome to the Victory Over VA podcast. A podcast about empowering veterans to overcome denied disability claims. Each week, we deliver critical insights to help you understand the disability process, veterans' benefits, and how to take control of your legal rights. Now here's your host, Tony Francis Jackson. Hello, this is Francis Jackson. Welcome to Victory Over VA, your guide to unlocking your VA disability benefits. So who are we and why are we here? Well, I'm Francis Jackson and this is a podcast from the firm of Jackson and McNichol. And what it's all about is helping veterans to understand their disability benefits from the VA. Now, who's this for? Well, obviously it's for veterans, but it's also for those who care about veterans, family, friends, others who support various veterans around the country. So today, we're here to talk about attorney fees. All right, and I'm Christian Terrison, one of the attorneys at Jackson and McNichol. Now, to start off with, what are some of the most common misconceptions that veterans have about attorney's fees and hiring an attorney to help with their VA disability claim? Well, I think there are a couple that are really important to talk about. One is that it's too expensive to hire an attorney. Lots of folks who have not dealt with attorneys are put off by the notion that they're going to have to pay lots and lots of money up front or pay by the hour and feel that they can't afford to have an attorney. That's probably the biggest misconception. Another misconception that's still out there is that veterans are not allowed to have an attorney represent them. And that's a little more complicated because here's how it works. For a long time, from the 1800s to 1988, there was a law that said that you could hire an attorney, but you couldn't pay him more than $10. Now, that was fine back in the 1860s. $10 was a lot of money. By the 1960s, it was very hard to find an attorney who would do much for you for $10. So that misconception is still floating around out there. There are still folks who think that they are uh, either barred from hiring an attorney at all or barred from paying an attorney um, a sum that would actually get an attorney to represent them. So those are some of the, uh, the biggest uh, misconceptions. But there's sort of a variation on that last one. There is actually a rule that says that you can't 
retain and pay an attorney to represent you in a VA case until you've had an initial decision. In other words, you can't go out and hire a lawyer to draft your VA claim for you. There are some folks who might do that for you without a charge, but unless you can find someone who's willing to do it for free, you can't get the services of an attorney until you've had an initial decision, made a claim, submitted it to the regional office, had it decided. All right. So I know you said one of the misconceptions is people think they're going to have to, to pay a big sum up front or pay a lot by the hour. I know there are attorneys out there who, you know, you need a $5,000 retainer before they'll start on your case, something like that. What's different about a VA disability attorney? What is the typical fee structure there? Good question. The way it works is that most attorneys, not all, but most VA attorneys handle cases on what's called a contingent fee agreement, meaning that the attorney undertakes the case with the understanding that the only way the attorney is going to be paid is if we win the case and are successful in getting monetary benefits for the veteran. Now, there are a couple of different variations on that. The VA has a rule that the uh, agency itself will be responsible for collecting and paying the attorney's fees in cases where the attorney is successful in getting someone benefits so long as the attorney limits the fee to 20% of the past due benefits or one-fifth of the past due benefits. The other option is that the attorney and the client can agree on a higher fee, but if they do, the VA won't be involved in paying the fee. It'll be directly between attorney and client. And in those cases, the typical fees range anywhere from 25% to 33%, depending on the particular attorney you're talking to and how their particular office is structured. So I know, you know, here at Jackson and McNichol, we have a nationwide practice for one of the top VA law firms. Uh, you describe the sort of VA sanctioned fee setup, and then there are some attorneys who charge a premium. What do you do at Jackson and McNichol? We have decided that we are going to hold the fees to 20% for a couple of reasons. The most obvious one is that we're here to help veterans, and we think that's a fair return on our time and effort. But secondarily, it's easier for us in terms of managing the, the cases, since we do a, a lot of different cases, to have all the fees paid through the VA. It lets us track them better and kind of project and organize where things are going. So we do the 20% fee with an arrangement for payment through the VA. All right. So if you know we win a big back pay award for a veteran, they don't have to worry about paying us, the VA does the math and all of that? That's correct. With the caveat that the VA is a big bureaucracy and every once in a while they mess it up and don't remember to pay us and then they have to go back and sort out the mess. But 99% of the time, they get it right and they take care of it for the veteran. So they just withhold the money and, and pay us directly. The veteran doesn't have to worry about it at all. Gotcha, gotcha. So I guess how does, if you could break it down, 
the potential financial outcome of having an attorney compare to the cost of having an attorney? Sure. As one happy client said to me one time, I'd rather have 80% of something than 100% of nothing. And I think that's probably as much as you could break the issue down. What it comes down to is this. The VA is a large bureaucracy. They have a claim process that's very much like an insurance company. You have to go to them, you have to make the claim, you have to prove the claim. For lots of veterans, especially older veterans, veterans who are ill, veterans who are suffering from emotional difficulties, it's simply beyond them to undertake the kind of consistent, persistent, organized approach to proving claims that is necessary to win VA claims. And so for those folks, really the only way they're going to be successful is if they have someone who understands the process, represent them throughout it. And the net result of that is that for those folks, it's very much like the client I was just quoting. They can go forward the claim, someone else will do all the heavy lifting, keep the claim going, make sure all the things are filed on time, and the result will be that the veteran gets benefits and only pays 20% of the past due benefits. And I just want to emphasize that last part. It's only the past due benefits that the fee is based on. So for example, if we represent someone and we ultimately win their claim and the VA decides that the person became disabled a month ago, not back when they filed, and sometimes that happens, the fee would be based on that one month, not on the 30 years of benefits they're going to get going forward. And even in cases where the claim has been going on for a long time, and so the past due benefits will be substantial, the fee is only based on the past due benefits. We never ask people to pay a fee out of their ongoing benefits. So once we get them benefits, the monthly benefit that they get from that point forward is untouched in terms of fees. They won't uh, be asked to pay anything from that except costs that uh, were incurred in getting their fees. And I guess, can you explain in a little more detail the difference between costs and fees? I can. Costs are just what they sound like. If, if we represent someone, sometimes there will be costs involved. That can be anything from paying to get medical records from a doctor or a hospital to hiring an expert in a very particular specialty to write a report explaining why the particular veteran's condition that he is suffering from now or sometimes sadly has died from is connected to his service. Now, let me give you an example. A few years ago we represented a widow whose husband had died from lung problems and the VA turned him down saying there was no evidence that his lung problems occurred while he was in the service and that they started years later and the VA therefore thought it was unrelated to his service. 
we ultimately were able to find a specialist, an oncologist, that's a cancer doctor, who said that this poor gentleman's lung cancer had been caused by his time serving on submarines, which at that point had asbestos used for insulation in the hull, in the piping. Uh, the, they were full of asbestos, is the short version. And he was able to explain to the VA how that exposure to asbestos led to this veteran's lung cancer and ultimately caused his death. And so we were able to get this lady uh, substantial benefits in terms of what's called DIC or dependency and indemnity compensation, which is compensation to a spouse for the loss of their spouse due to a service-connected injury, or in this case, death. When we're looking at taking on a new veteran client, here at Jackson and McNichol, have we ever looked at their finances or turned anyone away for inability to pay? No, we don't. We don't look at cases in terms of the client's ability to pay. We look at cases in terms of, is this a case where we can help the, the veteran to prove service connection? And is it a serious case? And I, I add that last because, unfortunately, there are many more veterans in the world than we have the resources to serve. So what we try to do is to look at cases and say, okay, this is a client or potential client with a claim that is so serious that getting his or her veterans benefits will really be life-changing for him. We try to focus on those cases. Obviously, when you're at the beginning of a case, you never know how it's going to come out. And so we're making some educated guesses based on our experience about where these cases are going to go. And frankly, sometimes we're wrong. I mean, sometimes we are not as successful as we think we should be. But our goal in selecting cases is to try to represent those veterans who we think have the most severe service-connected problems and to help them get their benefits. Are there any costs, fees, expenses that come as a surprise to our clients or anything that they should be looking out for, anything like that? A lot of people I know can be worried about getting charged by the phone call or by the email when it comes to dealing with lawyers. No, we don't charge anybody by the hour in VA cases. <laughs> We've actually had people ask to be charged by the hour and, and we just don't do that. We're not set up for that. We only do contingent fee work. but. In terms of the unexpected nature of expenses, I don't think there's really anything that's not pretty readily foreseeable by way of expenses. The typical expenses that we run into are expenses for medical records. Occasionally, we have to pay an investigator to go and try to interview a reluctant witness who may have critical information or to find a, a witness who may have critical information. Sometimes there will be some modest costs related to getting information from the government under the Freedom of Information Act. There is a provision in the act that allows the government to charge for certain requests for records. But the only 
expense that is usually at all significant and comes up with any frequency tends to be getting medical reports for many veterans. The reason that they are turned down initially by the VA and the hurdle that we have to overcome is that there is not a sufficient report or opinion from a medical person demonstrating how the event in the service or illness in the service is tied to the current medical problem that's causing the veteran's disability. It's quite common for us to need to get a medical expert to write a report and those can be quite expensive, hundreds, sometimes even a couple thousand uh, dollars. We've actually had them go as high as uh, over $3,000 for real specialized reports from world-renowned experts. But that's usually the only big expense in the case. And the way we handle those is we tell the veteran up front that we're willing to absorb the cost and pay for that report if they're not in a position to. And what we do is when we win the case, and mostly we do, we, we rarely uh, lose a case where we get an expert report, but uh, it happens once in a while. But uh, I digress. The bottom line is that's typically the only big expense, getting an expert report. Once in a while we have to get a report not from a medical expert, but from a vocational expert explaining how the veteran's service-connected disabilities prevent him from working or prevent her from working in order to establish uh, higher levels of compensation. But generally speaking, the only big expense is medical reports. And we explain that we'll put the money out up front. All we ask is that if and when we win and the veteran gets money that they pay us back for that expense out of the money that they get. Gotcha. And how about in, in those rare instances like you mentioned where, you know, we advance the money for, for medical report and there isn't a successful outcome. We just uh, eat that cost. We never charge a veteran for any expense in a case where we don't succeed. Gotcha. And one of the last things I wanted to ask about is, you know, it's all well and good hearing us as veterans disability attorneys say, you know, what folks get for their fees and things like that. But is there any third-party evidence out there that having an attorney is worth the investment when it comes to a veteran's disability claim? Oh, sure. The VA's own statistics out the rates of success by whether a person is represented by an attorney, represented by a veteran service organization, non-attorneys, and people who represent themselves. And the rates of success go up proportionally. Folks who represent themselves are the least successful. Folks who are represented by veteran service organizations kind of fall next on the success ladder. And folks who are represented by attorneys are at the highest level. And, you know, that's, uh, I, I want to be clear that attorneys across the board, all attorneys, no matter how experienced and skilled or uh, new and unskilled, so the VA statistics don't separate out the 
expertise and skill level within the group of attorneys. Our success rate is very high. We, for folks who are able to stick with us for the entire process, which can be quite lengthy, we have better than a 90% success rate. And I guess finally, you mentioned, you know, for folks who stick with us through the whole process, you know, the number one problem with VA disability claims that I hear from our clients is how long it takes. And yeah. we've looked at the problem from every angle and there's no way to speed it up, you know, other than those fringe cases, folks who are 75 and older, advanced age, terminal illness. But are there things on the margins that attorneys know of and that attorneys do that can, you know, within those constraints lead to a quicker result? sort of being aware of deadlines, that type of thing? Sure, sure. The VA is this big bureaucracy with its own process. And it's a very slow process. But there are sometimes things that we can do that make things go a little faster. As you mentioned a moment ago, there is a limited group of folks whose cases can be formally expedited by the VA. And those folks are, sadly, folks who are terminally ill, folks who are 75 or older, folks who are suffering from severe financial distress. And, and I stress severe because so many veterans who are seeking disability benefits are suffering from financial distress that the VA only looks at those who really are in terrible financial shape. Usually you have to show that you filed bankruptcy in order to fit into the financial distress category. So there are folks that we can get advanced on the docket. In addition to that, there are some other things that we've learned over the years. Obviously, one of the things is to file appeals as quickly as possible to reduce the amount of time that it takes. But there are some other things the VA in its materials suggests that if you ask for a hearing at the Board of Veterans Appeals, that's going to delay your case. But what we've found is that because the VA is required to process cases in docket number order, actually asking for a hearing doesn't seem to slow things down. They take the cases in the same order whether you don't ask for a hearing whether you submit new evidence, whether you ask for a hearing, whatever you do, it's always the same docket number order. But putting that aside, we, we have found that occasionally, and I, I have to underline occasionally because it doesn't work all the time, occasionally getting an inquiry from a senator or a congressman will speed things up a little. Sometimes just persistent inquiries to the VA will speed things up a little. But in all honesty, if your goal is only to speed up your case, hiring an attorney is not your best move. It is unlikely that's going to magically make your case go faster. And we've had some clients who hired us apparently with the thought that, that would make their case go faster only to find that it didn't and we're frustrated by that. So I tell people right up front, hiring us will not get a faster result. It will get a better result, but not a faster result. And I sometimes joke with people that I can get you a fast denial pretty much any time, but uh, that's not usually what they want. So 
it's a difficult problem helping people to deal with the stress of having these claims hanging for long periods of time. And we do our best to help with that. You know, we're not mental health counselors, we're not therapists, but we do our best to support our clients through the time it takes to get to the end of the process, which in some cases takes a long time. Other times, fortunately, it goes fairly quickly. Well, we're just about out of time for today. Did you have any final thoughts or comments just on you know, the affordability? Sure. I would encourage everyone who makes a VA claim to make that claim on their own at first or through a veteran service organization that doesn't charge them. There's no downside to trying to do it that way and save the money. But if you get turned down, you need to take a hard look at what's going on and decide whether it's important to you to win the claim. And if it's important to you win the claim, then you need to seriously think about hiring someone who is skilled and has expertise in handling these claims. And in most cases, <laughs> as I keep coming back to, I'll never forget that one client who said, I'm much happier with 80% of something than 100% of nothing. So I think that really capsulizes the, the whole issue pretty well. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. This has been another episode of Victory Over VA. Be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for more helpful information about veterans' disability and what folks can do to increase their success on their claims. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Victory Over VA podcast. Make sure to visit our website, veteransbenefits.com slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our free consultation to see how we can help you with your denied claim. Simply go to veteransbenefits.com and fill out the form. You fought for us. Now let us fight for you. And be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.